looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. They certainly do. Good morning, everyone. This is Past the Post for Sunday, the 26th of March. Thanks for your company. Always happy to have you with us over the next hour. Plenty happening, of course. Again, good racing. It was the end of Melbourne's Autumn Carnival with the Australian Cup and Cascadian came to the fore. Of course, the Sydney Autumn Carnival is really hitting its uh, top peak now. We have seen the end of Rose Hill Gardens. We have the Group 1 Tancred and Vinery. We now go to the Championships at Royal Randwick over the next two Saturdays. And, of course, a good meeting too at Eagle Farm. Ben Dorries, good morning. Yeah, good morning, David. As good as yesterday was. Wow, we can't wait for next week already. The Doncaster, the TJ Smith, uh, the Australian Derby, the size, plus lots more. It is Christmas Day for punters next Saturday. It's Christmas Day for me today. I've got a spring in my step. Now, as you get older, pleasures become simpler. With me, <laughs> it's generally with food and drink. I'm going to, which is fashionably known now as a buffet, but for people like a small I hate buffets. I love them. I hate them. I've been, I've been, I haven't been able to sleep over the last three days. I'm going to the buffet just across the road at the Sofitel. Oh, wow, we. Uh, breakfast or lunch? No, no, lunch. Okay. And yeah. we'll enjoy it immensely. That's that's my day. Oh, wow. That's the highlight of my week. <laughs> sure the, the listeners will be thrilled to hear that. And Don't any, up, anyone mate. who wants a free lunch, uh, David Fowler, I reckon he's had a terrific day in the party. So where was it, David? Just turn up and you can join David at the buffet. That sounds uh, tremendous. I just want to let what you know. What a Sunday. I'm going to have it a very enjoyable day. <laughs> let's hope we have an enjoyable day talking about this racing. And let's go straight into it. We'll go to Rose Hill Gardens. We have the two group ones. And let's have a listen to the Tancred. A Montefilia was the favourite, and she was at four dollars. A long way from home, King Frankel serving it up now to Knight's Order and they're both going hard up front now so Lucan in third from Stockman followed by Van de Cleary gets going on the outside of Arapahoe and a length and a half further back to Montefilia being nudged along by Gibbons now as they come around the turn and Knight's Order is trying to repel that challenge of King Frankel Knight's Order lifting from King Frankel two lengths away to Sir Lucan Arapahoe running on and then came Montefilia still three off them King Frankel, Knight's Order, Arapahoe chiming in, and Montefilia as well wide out. Arapahoe moved up to King Frankel. Arapahoe, King Frankel, Montefilia stretching late. Arapahoe just in front, and Arapahoe won the tankard just from Montefilia. Third between Valen de Clare and King Frankel, and Cleveland whizzing home at the end from Knight's Order. A gap back to Stockman. Then came Sir Lucan from Gold Trip, explosive Jack Salino, and Saracen Knight was last to finish. Well, he was a $14 chance Arapahoe. Rachel King gave him a very comfortable trip, just idling along fifth and sixth on the fence, moving into the right part in the straight, took the lead and then held off Montefilia, Ben. Terrific win. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I'm still cast from when I backed him in the uh, Calandra Cup last year at $7. I thought he was an absolute moral. Don't you hate it when you back a horse that gets beaten in the Calandra Cup and then comes out and does that in a group one? Well, you can ask the man now how it got beaten there because he's our first guest. I'm sure he's delighted uh, with another group one win on the medal piece. Bjorn Baker, good morning, mate. Congratulations. Yeah, morning, guys. Good to hear from you. Always good to get a call on a Sunday morning. So, no, it was uh, a big result for the team, and uh, thank you very much. We need to, to settle something first of all. My colleague here, Ben Dory, said, is it Bjorn or Bjorn? Well, it depends who's asking. I take anything starting <laughs> with a B, but it's got to be finishing with an N. <laughs> um, so... 
Oh, my, my mother probably says Bjorn, but I think uh, it's, a, it's a tricky name, so I'm happy with Bjorn. I often introduce myself as Bjorn, like Amber, or the tennis player. Yeah, that's I've interesting. My son. I've, I've, I've tortured my son as well. I've called him Sven, so he's in big trouble in little China. <laughs> well, whatever we, we call you, with a rapper, I thought you made a really good statement post-race. You, you can't, can never go into these races unless you've got a wings or a black caviar. Uh, supremely confident, but you knew one thing about this horse, he wouldn't disgrace himself. He'd, he'd probably beat out more than them would beat him. Yeah, and he's always... Um, he, he always just puts in his best best effort. He's so consistent. Um, he's probably, in terms of track work, he's probably not the the, the best horse I've had, but on, on the racetrack, he's just so genuine. And he's just got such, such a lovely... Um, running style, he's able to, and, and I think as much as anything, the Canberra Cup last start and then yesterday, he's able to take advantage of that really good draw. So he just puts himself there and, and switches off. And and Rachel, uh, she really gets on well with him. He's just, uh, she just gets him in a, a lovely rhythm, and I think that's the key. There was a theory there for a while that he could simply be a, a you know, really good wet tracker, but he's sort of confounded that, hasn't he? I mean, that was a, a good track yesterday, and he's done it for a while on on all sorts of surfaces. Yeah, we, I think first up last year, he uh, went to the Tamworth Cup. I think it was a good two. They broke the Australian record for 1,400. They were in one, sub-120, I think. And uh, he finished tailed off. He got beat a furlong, and then we went to Hawkesbury. We couldn't get a rider. He was 70 to 1, and he got beat a length, and then he went to Rose Hill and won by about 10 after sitting three deep the trip. So I thought oh, I thought he was just a mutter then, and, and you talk about the Kalounja Cup, I thought that was his chance on a very wet track that day. But uh, last preparation, he was 15th up into the Melbourne Cup. Um, someone said to me, what do you reckon? What's improved? And I said, oh, maybe you appreciated a, a proper break uh, rather than spelling on the float. So... He's been a he's been an iron horse. He's a, he's only a, a lightly framed horse, and we don't have to do much with track work. But uh, he's an athlete. I'm sure all our listeners would uh, thoroughly realise you love your racing. We see you on social media at the at the track being interviewed. You've always got a smile on your face. You're always up for a, a good time. Uh, you have a lot of fun. But I sense that this win was something special to you, just in terms of. Getting another Group One under the belt, I think it'd been you know, maybe three years or so since you'd won your last one. So, despite all the fun and frivolity, this was a, a seriously good moment for you and your team, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right, Ben. It's um, it's competitive Sydney racing, and it's only fun if you're winning or getting your fair share of it. And uh, we've been probably above my standards the last month or two. It's been tough going, so. Uh, to get another Group One is very important, and then to win a big, big one of these big races at the carnival is is so special. So it definitely um, helps. It helps in terms of promoting the stable. We've got the Easter sales just around the corner, and, and hopefully you can get one or two uh, nice yearlings there. So it's it's very competitive. Extra prize money and good racing. Uh, there's more competition from everywhere, all around the world to Australia. So it's definitely hard racing. So he's won the Group 1 Tancred. He'd already won the, the Canberra Cup, the Grafton Cup, the Premier's Cup. Just take us back. He's been in the stable around two years. How did you come to get him? What's the, the backstory to him? He was actually trained by Andre Farb, um, and his wife bred him, and he showed some promise early. He won a listed race, and I think Coolmore then purchased him, and he came sixth in the 2000 Guineas. And then when COVID just kicked off, 
it was an end of the year sale and uh, Jim Clark, of course, good Queensland boy, he was able to uh, pick him up uh, at a Aquana French sale towards the end of the year. I think he's 130,000 euros, which which looks cheap now. And, and as you know, the Europeans are going really well, but they can be hit and miss. And thankfully, he's worked out very well. But I thought he was he was pretty good value at the time. What do you do with him for the rest of the year? Like, I mean, do you, do you, do you sit down and look long term towards a, a spring carnival, or, or, or what's next for him? Yeah, well, I said we might have him 16th up in the Melbourne Cup this year. Keep him going. And uh, I guess it just changes. I was, I was possibly looking at getting up to the Q22 and, and the Brisbane Cup, but he, he'll head towards the Sydney Cup. I'm still not sure whether he's a, a dead set two-miler, mm. but I guess long-term it does qualify him again for the Cups. It's always sort of important to be involved there. So... Maybe even a race like the Caulfield Cup is, is, is maybe his main aim. I, I thought going into yesterday's race that his form at 2,400 arguably was his best form, and I think that's the way it's working out. Yeah, exactly right. What about, um, and of course in the Sydney Cup he goes to 52.5 and, and they can't they can't touch him weight-wise. Just on other matters, Shades of Rose, what did you think of a run in the Galaxy? Oh, I thought it was okay. Um, she she just drew a bad gate, as it turned out, and she definitely got a fair bit of interference with about 600 to go. Um, so she got beat sort of three and a half lengths. If she didn't get that interference, she would have definitely been closer. But we're going to push on to the TJ Smith next week. It's obviously going to be a really tough race, and she's still in the quokka as well. What about Bobby Shiraz in Brisbane? Uh, started the day really nicely this uh, two-year-old um, rookie, f- uh, first up or first start over fourteen hundred metres, and everything had its chance to to run him down. Looks a nice star in the making. Yeah, I thought he was very, very good. I was very nervous about going to the the fourteen hundred first up, especially after a big trip away from home. And um, I thought he was probably shorter in the market than I wasn't confident. And I thought it was an excellent effort. The replays just come up again and. He's very green. He's still learning what it's about, but he's bred to be a very good stayer. So I think uh, next year, races like the Spring Champion and uh, maybe the VRC Derby are definitely on the radar. My, my father's got 10% of him, and uh, actually I owed him a bit of cash. So I just sent him the invoice to build him. I couldn't sell the horse. So he, he was a bit upset at the time. He's pretty happy now. I still get a lot of advice. Brisbane's not a bad place to defer to, particularly like whether it's Autumn Carnival in Sydney or Spring Carnival in Sydney. If you've got a horse that that uh, might just find it a little tough, might be in the deep end, the prize money's not too bad up here. And, and, you, and you found some suitable races like Bobby Shiraz, but even Rupert's House won a race a few few weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. And it's um, oh, and I was so lucky to have uh, such good racing. And, and Queensland's been very good to me. I love getting up there and getting a few forexes under me and <laughs> always have a lot of fun. So uh, we'll definitely be getting a fair few horses up there over the, over the coming months and even going forward probably on a bit more of a regular basis. Um, I've got Renaissance Woman who, who won a stakes race uh, in the spring in Melbourne. She's gonna, she'll be up there for the Queensland Guineas at the end of April and um, maybe Arapahoe will get, get up there too, but we'll have, definitely have a few others. Last one from me. You sound surprisingly sprightly. I thought you might be in all sorts this morning. You might be in a drunk tank somewhere. Take us into the celebrations last night because you, you sound pretty fresh, to be fair. <laughs> Amazing what neurofin and coffee can do. <laughs> um, 
But uh, no, actually we had a, a charity dinner party, so I was, I was reasonably low-key, uh, believe it or not, and probably still have to get through a fair bit of work today. So we've got one in the Wellington boot today, Legalist, and he's just got an awkward gait. But when I first came to Sydney, I went out to Wellington, I had one in the boot there, a horse called Great Dan, so actually she's ended up being the mother of Isotope. I said to my wife, babe, I've got to go to the races at Wellington on Sunday. She said, oh, well, can you bring some Marmite back through customs? So, <laughs> That's the best ever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, a long way. As always, I'll be going in the spirit. Uh, a $10, $10 chance today. Them. Should the punters have something on uh, out, at, um, out at Wellington? Oh, you've drawn sticky, I think, oh, at I think He's just got a really bad gait, so he's going to need a bit of luck. So, and so we'll hope for the, hope for the best. But... Uh, He's got a bit of tactical speed, so I do like one midweek, Miss Madison. I think she's going really, really well. We'll mark that down, Miss Madison. Well, see, as you're getting older, you're probably maturing in life. You're a mentor as well. Now, you've mentored Jack Bruce. He's arrived here. He's doing really well. Yeah, Jack Bruce. Never trust a man with two first names. Exactly. Exactly right. Peter Bruce. He's getting a lot of winners, and a few of them with my ex-horses as well, so... Yeah, I've got mixed emotions about that, but no, he's a great guy, Jack. He's uh, he's a very hard worker. He's uh, he's honest, and he's got a pretty good idea too. So, yeah, absolutely thrilled to to see him getting off to such a a good start. And uh, it's very competitive. It doesn't matter we are. It's hard to get a winner anywhere, and he's he's definitely kicking some goals. So, uh, yeah, we should, we still talk probably a couple of times a week, and. Uh, thrilled from. I've been giving him a bit of advice, but recently I've been asking for his, so <laughs> it works both ways. He's very serious about his craft, but he's getting results. He's doing well. He's, In fact, he's a great addition to the, the training ranks here. Thanks for this morning, mate. Whether you're Bjorn or Bjorn or B, <laughs> you're a Group 1 winning trainee from yesterday, so enjoy the day, mate. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. There he is. B. Baker, <laughs> yeah. the trainer of a uh, I, I love it that he's not too sensitive about the name. We'll just call him, I'll call him Bjorn. I think it's just easier, isn't it? Sounds good to me. Um, isn't he a good bloke? That was a really entertaining chat, I reckon. Yeah, and, um, he, he, exactly, exactly. And uh, uh, I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that win did mean something to him because it is tough in Sydney, isn't it? It's tough, it's tough anywhere, but, but, you know, Sydney and Melbourne, particularly Sydney's tough, whether you're a trainer or a jockey. Yeah, I think... Um, Deep down in the in the pit of his stomach, he would have, uh, you know, we see the the fun loving, you know, loves a beer and a bet and a celebration and all that sort of stuff. But deep down in the pit of his stomach, I reckon it was pretty serious uh, business to him yesterday. And um, great stuff. I think it's good to see good people doing good things in life. So he goes from fifty nine yesterday under the weight for age to fifty two and a half, and he can't be re handicapped. So he's a live chance. But I think Bjorn also in the back of his mind senses that maybe 3,200 metres might be an outer limit. Um, but when you've got a light weight, uh, if you can get a good run. And Rachel King, I think that it often means a lot. Jockeys who have good associations with horses. She's the regular rider. She knows the horse. The horse knows knows Rachel. And she gave him a perfect trip. That was her third Group 1 win as well. Yeah, she. I don't have the table of female group winning one winning riders in front of me, but she's getting high up on that list. I think the... Um well, Michelle Payne have maybe four. Um, mm. Jamie Carr might be six or seven now. Um, so yeah, she's um, 
She's a quiet achiever, Rachel King, isn't she? She doesn't get many headlines or, or press, but uh, she just goes about her business and has got a terrific association with that horse. Montefilia just missed out, likely to freshen up for the Queen Elizabeth. I thought Vow and Declare's run was good from a Sydney oh, Cup point of view. Yeah, I don't know about Vow. I was on Vow and Declare yesterday. I... I reckon the old Van de Clare, like he just got the beautiful run in transit, was just trucking along beautifully. I reckon the old Van de Clare would have just put that field away with the, with the run he got, to be honest. Having said that, he'll probably come out and brain him in the Sydney Cup now because, as we know, uh, as the distances increase, his lung capacity and everything kicks in. So look looks like an idiot again. But um, I, thought I, you, I, I thought you were going to say, because as we know, I'm a bad judge. Well, I am a bad judge. On that note, let's go to the Vinery and the Prowess. This wonderful New Zealand filly was the short price favourite. In fact, she ran a 2.15 and she was a well-back favourite too. 600 metres to run, Soul Choice in front, Bailing 2, Provitra, Prowess in third, Byron Bell under pressure, then Whiskey Wisdom from Fireburn, Infinity even Cool Dyes, they flatten for the run home now, and Soul Choice is the leader, but Provitra's looming large on the outside and a length away to Prowess, it's Provitra getting the upper hand from Soul Choice, but here comes the Kiwi filly, Prowess is coming home hard, and Prowess moved up now, takes the lead in the Vinery Stud Stakes, and and she's a class act, pulling right away, Prowess, to win it by three and a half to Pavitra. Third, oh, anyone's guess, Byron Bell, Perosalbite out, Fireburn the inside, and right in the mix there was Polygon and Infinitive. Then came Frankie's Me Dad from Cold Die, Stormy Witness, So Dazzling, and Whiskey Wisdom. Prowess. Well, that was Prowess. <laughs> Absolutely braiding them in the vinery. Uh, Roger James joins us now. What a fabulous win, Roger. You must be over the moon. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Um, it was. It was, um, you know, I thought a defining moment in her career. Um, I've felt for a long time that uh, we had something special and, um, you know, it's uh, it's okay doing it um, in New Zealand, but uh, really um, to live up to... Um, what I felt that she could be, she really had to do something like that yesterday, and she certainly didn't disappoint. And there was a lot of emotion from your post-race, wasn't there? Um, it was, uh, I mean, there are often years we see from trainers and jockeys when they win group ones, but I sense there was something a, a bit extra there. there. There was there was a lot of emotion. Just take us behind that. Um, look, I've been fortunate that, you know, I've been in the game nearly, well, about 40 years now, and... Um, uh, now I've had some nice horses, you know, Zonda I always thought was the benchmark, he was a bit freakish um, and he didn't have longevity but he was, uh, he could, uh, yeah, he was very special, um, Silent Achiever was a very good mare for me and uh, I've sort of thought uh, this filly could join them, um, she hasn't yet because they were doing it uh, regularly in at Wake Trade Company um, but uh, um by doing what she did yesterday, it sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, it, it, uh, she certainly lived up to my expectation and, it, and it, uh, I was sort of unusually nervous um, the whole of yesterday. I was just uh, thinking, have I really got a superstar? And she had to really do that yesterday. And, Look, I'm not getting carried away at select three-year-old Phillies company um, uh, a long way away from um, the hardened old criminals that are, are wake for age horses. But 
the way she did it um, to me, knowing the filly, um, knowing her adaptability and knowing her great brain, um, I really think she can go that next step now. What makes her so good, Roger? And um, could she potentially even be better with the sting out of the ground? I mean, I know the Bone Crusher win in New Zealand was, was on a soft track. It was a good track yesterday. What's What makes her so good, and what do you think her ideal racing surface would be going forward? Well, she's very uncomplicated in that, um, you know, you can ride her forward, you can um, sit her back. Um, she seems to handle any, any sort of going. Um, no, I didn't bring a staff member over. I was here the day before she arrived, and um, as I often do when I travel horses, and um, so I've I've been very hands-on all week with her, and uh, I've travelled a lot of good ones over the years, and uh, you just for one that's never travelled away before, um, she's just got an incredible brain. Um, she just copes with situations so well. Uh, I took a little video and sent home um, the other day. Uh, I walked her and saddled her and um, hand-walked her again, and uh, my rider was um, not quite there, so I popped her back in a box and tied her up. And uh, the only horse left in the barn immediately walked out, so she was there um, on her own in the whole barn, no horse around her, and she's standing there with a the leg rested. And I thought, boy, that's... Um, that's a, a, a complete horse. You know, most of them are a little bit needy or certainly um, a little bit reliant on uh, company. And, um, you know, she's just uh, an individual and, um, you know, she's well-rounded. It's fascinating to, to note. Uh, I mean, betting sometimes tells a story, sometimes doesn't. But you're $15 now, believe it or not, for the Cox Plate. Um, and, and Animo is Animo is the favourite uh, who won't be there. So there's a whole lot of them on the fifteen dollar line. Um, that aside, is the Cox Plate something potentially you would love to to get it to if you could? It's funny. Uh, I have a, um, a a young training partner who's been in partnership with me for now for um, probably. Um, um, I think this is our fourth season in partnership. He was with me for a couple of three years prior to that. And uh, when we, uh, when he joined me in partnership, he said, what race would that you haven't won would you most likely like to win? And I said, a cock play. <laughs> Silent at Tebow was um, beating the neck in it. And, um, and it's the one race I would love to win before I retire. And I said to him, in fact, I'd go so far as, to say when I win a cock poker, I'll announce my retirement. So he's been <laughs> waiting, waiting for me to do it so that he can get rid of me. But, <laughs> <laughs> what a great uh, story. Yeah, look, um, yeah, uh, you know, that's certainly a race that, um, uh, that we'd have to give consideration to. But um, uh, look, there are an array of options, and we're fortunate that we've got. Um, uh, three or four months now to consider those options and um, and uh, um, you know there's no hurry to make a decision really and she was never going to go onto the Queensland uh, sorry the, uh, the, the Oaks in Sydney was she uh, she was always on the no. plane on the way home and that remains the case she's um, she's currently at the airport now um, ready to get on the plane <laughs>
Okay. And um, up here in Queensland, we, uh, you know, know you for a whole lot of reasons, but uh, most recently Pinarello winning the Queensland Derby last year. Um, a really famous win, obviously, Leith Innes um, <laughs> waltzed off into retirement pretty quickly afterwards. He was so stoked with the win. Have you got anything, um, is there anything you're likely to bring over from, for the for the Winter Carnival in Queensland this year? Any two-year-olds or seasoned horses? Uh, probably not. Uh, we've got a horse arriving on Tuesday for the AJC Derby, and uh, uh, he's a horse that I've got a lot of time for. Um, he ran fourth in our New Zealand derby, and he was sort of hemmed up for a long time, and um, there were three fighting out the finish, and he came like a shot out of a um, gun, and uh, his sectionals were, I think, nearly a second quicker than the three that beat him home. So he arrived on Tuesday, um, but, yeah, at this stage, probably nothing um, for Queensland, but they can emerge yet. Yep, so that's Mark Twain, is it, we're, we're talking about there? Correct, yes, okay. yes. Beautiful, Roger. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's always lovely, I'm sure, for a trainer waking up the morning after a Group 1, and it was a pretty special win. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, there is Roger James, and uh, she was simply in another zone. She was just too classy for them. Yeah, speaking of Cox Plates, gee whiz, it's a weird old market for the Cox Plate on on uh, the tab. Animo, who you would think would almost certainly uh, not be there, is the four dollar fifty favourite. Uh, just trying to find this market now, four dollar fifty favourite, and then there is dead set four thousand million things on the fifteen dollar line. Like it's it's quite extraordinary. So there's no. Uh, there's no particular standout. Pro S is is one of those on the fifteen dollar line. So you take out Animo, effectively Roger James got the equal favourite for the Cox Plate. <laughs> and I think uh, connections of all um, AJ or ATC Oaks aspirants will be very glad that Pro S is jetting out on a plane because uh, she probably would have had a a mortgage on the Oaks. As such, Pavitra now becomes the the clear favourite at two fifty. I will say there's a horse in that futures market, Queen Air, absolutely thrashed them in the Valley last Saturday. Pavitra ran second in the VRC Oaks. Queen Air ran third. Queen Air's eleven dollars. I don't think there should be that, that that big a gap. I think it's a good price. Yeah, I got a message from Will Friedman last night, who co-trains Pavitra. Um, he just he said, "Yes, we're definitely going onto the Oaks." He said, oh, "I think we got beaten by a very very special one yesterday." So that's a rival trainer saying that mm. about Pro S. So. She could be something right out of the box. Let's have a listen to some of the other features at Rosehill Gardens yesterday, and we'll go to the, the Doncaster Prelude at Group 3 level. And cross-tour Clark goes full-bore now. Bandersnatch looms on the outside. A length and a half away to Wellwall running on with a lot of purpose. Then came Skyman and Yonkers back to the rails but Bandersnatch has a good kick. Bandersnatch a length and a half clear. Beat off cross-talk and Wellwall. There's nothing coming and Bandersnatch is ripping clear for a Doncaster appointment. Bandersnatch beat Wellwall and third between cross-talk and Diamond Deep out. Then Skyman followed by Yonkers and close-up Times Square hitting the line nicely at the end from Cucaracha, Mount Popper, Great House, then Riadini. Further back to Cuban Real, New Mandate, Lord Ardmore, and Warsfold after the tardy start was last in. Bandersnatch is a $26 chance in the Doncaster on the seven-day backup next week. A good uh, day yesterday for Team Hawks winning uh, with Bandersnatch. Well, here's Zarek a little later. I can't work out this Doncaster market. Bandersnatch won well yesterday, no doubt, um, but the start before... Cepheus, trained by Matt Dunn, um, beat Bandersnatch by two and a half lengths. 
Cepheus gets into the Doncaster with 50 kilos and there's a $51 chance, yet Bandersnatch is $26. Just goes to show you that bookies and punters just remember, I suppose, what they've what they've seen. I suppose, I think Cepheus at $51 is a decent each-way chance in a Doncaster with a light weight. He won't know himself. Yeah, b- big field, typical handicap. And you, as you mentioned, it is a wide market. Fangirl and Mr Brightside co-favourites at six with Zoo Gotcha at $8.00. That was Bandersnatch. Let's go back to the sixth race of the day, and this was the emancipation at the Group 2 level for the Phillies and Mears. So Rodona leads at the 5.50 just from Fine Point. Then came Torajean being shoved along. Mirror Vision about to peel off heels. Roots behind. Then came More Secrets. Promised the success on the rails. And Statement still gives away a big start as Fine Point moved up. Fine Point tackles Rodona for the lead. Two lengths away to Roots. Then came Mirror Vision from More Secrets. Statement not in the hut at the moment. Roots moved up now to Fine Point. And Roots puts the head in front and starts to draw clear. Great go for the miners, but Roots edges clear with the emancipation. A tissue's come from well back to grab second, just in front of Fine Point. Then Mirror Vision more secrets and bring the ransom. They're, they're followed further back by Dynasty. Statement about midfield for more profits. Raduna weakened out from Larkspur runner Jedia and Torrid Jean was among the tailenders. Roots is a relatively lightly race mare. She's uh, at 15 starts. That was her sixth win. Good day for Brenton Avdala. We heard him on Bandestan. She partnered Roots to victory for Chris Waller. Tell you an interesting story about the naming of Roots. Is it named after Chris Roots? It is. Chris Roots, the Sydney uh, racing journalist. It's out of press statement. And apparently one of the owners, it's, uh, you know, Chris Roots is his favourite journalist. So there you go, Roots. Good on you, Roots. Good on you, Chris Roots. Now, I reckon this man's got Tastiara written all over her. I reckon she'd be a perfect horse for the Tastiara. What say you? Yeah, possibly. I haven't thought that far ahead. Well, I'm always thinking it. I think she's, you know, she's a group one horse in her own, against her own sex, I reckon. She, she's she been there or thereabouts in good races before. I reckon Queensland, that's the hour of Group 1. I reckon that would be right in the sweet spot if she can get there. I'm marking that down on my page. page. We've got to have one of those uh, bets again, don't we? Yeah, we you know, do. Maybe we're going to have it for a buffet. <laughs> for the listeners out there who the would like to join David Fowler for lunch, he, where are you going again today? The listeners out there, he actually likes the buffet now. He's <laughs> been sneaking... In between breaks, reading it on the, on uh, on the website, he likes what he sees. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Let's go to the Star Kingdom. We're running out of time. Let's go to the Star Kingdom. Wide betting here, Clemenceau round the favourite four dollars eighty. Cole Crusher serving it up to the face, clear from Athelry. For the back to back, Analia Kalina on the rails. Clemenceau wound up three off the lead. Cole Crusher takes the lead now at the 250. It's the length clear, Cole Crusher. Back is trying to come off heels behind. Then Athelry and Clemenceau still coming. Cole Crusher just in front from Clemenceau the outside. Back the middle. Back went through and I think just got there. Give it to Back a nose to Clemenceau and a half head away to Cole Crusher. Then came the face from Kalino, further back to a Thelric Dars run, then Dalcini from Hard Empire, then came Jojo as a man from Brutality, Wayhaha Falls, Shelby 66 flying crazy, and we own a smart one, was one of the last to finish. Yeah, yeah want to talk about it first, we own a smart one, it features prominently in the stewards report, of course, uh, this uh, ran really well in the spring for David Van Dyke. Uh, is in the Archer. It's, in fact, it was the first horse to go in for Max Whitby. He's got the slot there and took we own a smart one. Uh, Ryan Maloney was questioned, said the horse began awkwardly. That's why I was back in, well, as he described it, an unfamiliar position. 
commenced to race fiercely, got its head up in the air at the 800 metres, continued to race ungenerously with its head throughout, head up throughout to the middle stages, but placed under pressure in the early part of the straight. We had a spa, one did not give any response. He said that as he felt the horse was awkward in its action, he eased it down over the final 200 metres. He was concerned it may have sustained an injury. Post-race vet examination revealed no abnormalities. David Van Dyke advised we had a smart will now return to Queensland and would bury a trial before racing again. But a concerning performance because it just dropped out. Yeah, if you if you do watch the stewards' vision, um, the front on of the start, though, gee whiz, it knuckled really, really badly at the start. A bit like a... <clears throat> Usain Bolt falling over in a in a in an Olympics race at the start and then sort of having to recover. So, look, I see David Van Dyke's put on social media. It just didn't go to plan. Knuckled over, lost all chance. Pulled up okay. Um, so, as you mentioned, we'll troll before the archer and onwards and upwards. So I think just one of those things yesterday. I think when you knuckle that badly at the start, mm. it was disappointing. But it's you know the horse's head's probably in all sorts of. It's thinking, what the hell's going on here? You know. So I think I forgive. We'll keep in touch with David on that. Bacchanalia, of course, was the uh, middle pin of a treble for Godolphin at Rose Hill yesterday, and Rachel King had the ride. Let's go to Zarek now, winning the Neville Silver. And coming to the turn, the runs are starting. Third realm under siege now from Magical Lagoon and Sunshine Rising is looping them and moves up strongly now. Sunshine Rising put pay to the inside too. Sunshine Rising raced through the lead. Zarek is cutting loose on the outside. Sunshine Rising the inside of Zarek and they're broken clear. Zarek goes on with the job wide out. Zarek gets a half length, a length up on Sunshine Rising. Well clear from the rest, but Zarek coming from well back. Way too good in the Devil Selwood, one of the length to Sunshine Rising. Gear up third, I think Benno fourth, in front of Magical Lagoon, then came Quetor, further back to Fancy Man, Athabascan, Cardrate and Awar, and a third realm. Well, Zarek's next appointment is going to be a pretty stiff one because he's possibly you're going to tackle Animo Dubai Honor and Company in the Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why. Although there is extravagant prize money, I guess, that, you know down a long way, but I mean, uh, that Animo and Dubai honour with due respect to Zarek are just a different gravy. I mean, mm. I, I don't think um, Zarek will see which way they go, but uh, it was a nice, powerful win yesterday. Good on them, and I suppose you can only dream. He's really he's really informed this campaign, though. He's going well, and you do make a good point. There is some very big prize money, not for winning as well. Running second, third, fourth, and the like. Let's go to the, the final replay, and a very interesting uh, Queensland connection here with Tapple Doodle Doo winning at twenty dollars. Here's the replay first up. I know a star still two in front. Two major Bill and awesome John being nudged along now on the outside of Osbred Rising Sun. Ain't he grand stoked up? Now a stroke of luck. Marquin's starting to sight the look for the gaps now and has a bit of work in front of him as they go inside the 350. Leaders gone. Major Bill takes the lead from awesome John. Oh, stroke of luck's in a bad traffic jam. Tapple Doodle Doo coming down the outside. Major Bill being tackled by awesome John. Tapple Doodle Doo. Stroke of luck still fighting for ground. Three of them in it now. Tapple Doodle Doo moved up on the outside. Tapple Doodle Doo from Major Bill. Tapple Doodle Doo's won the Tullock. Just beat Major Bill. Then came Awesome John. Full of sincerity late from 80 grand. Stroke of luck. What a horror story that was all the way down the straight. I know a star dropped out from Osbed Rising Sun Copperson and meet me in Bondi. I called this horse winning his maiden on Melbourne Cup Day at Eagle Farm. It's been very competitive and consistent since, but... I don't think many gave it a chance yesterday, reflected by the price. 
Kerry Taplin, she she, uh, she and her husband Ian came over here from New Zealand, settled at the Sunshine Coast. All their horses have, they have that tap in their name. And uh, they decided to take the plunge. Tappy's lad ran in the tank run, but Tapple Doodle Doo, taking black type there yesterday, was Kerry's first starter in Sydney and her first stakes winner. Quite incredible, wasn't it? And Great result. Like, I mean, it started $20. I mean, probably, you know, it had been racing well in Queensland, but on form, it probably should have started twice at twice that price, really. But um, remarkable win, and you'd think they'd back up into the derby, David? I can't see why they wouldn't. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? They, they have a very good record with stayers, too, uh, the Taplin family. Congratulations to them. It was a big move to make to come to Queensland, and uh, fortune favours the brave. It certainly paid dividends with Tapple Doodle Doo winning, and Reese Jones, the apprentice, Riding him well. That was Rose Hill Gardens, and as we said, next Saturday, the next two Saturdays, the championships at Royal Randwick. Well, the curtain came down on the Autumn Carnival in Melbourne. It was Australian Cup Day at Flemington, and let's go to the Australian Cup, and Cascadian was the favourite for Godolphin at $4. Around the turn at the 500, Numerian Bear Story, Smoke and Romans three wide. Then came Bankmore, who makes a line of four. He's a shocker, trying for a run behind those horses. Campionessa is coming through and pounding, got a run as well. Numerian at the 250, led by a link, Smoke and Romans. He's a shocker, pounding. Campionessa and nonconformist. Numerian at the 150, pounding is pegging it back and Cascadian late. Here's Cascadian right over the top of them up to Numerian. Cascadian, it's the Cummings name again in the Australian Cup. Over the top of New Marion, pounding third, photo fourth, Spoken Roman Caesar Shocker, then Campionessa. Behind those, El Patroness and Luna Flair, Virtuous Circle, Nonconformist. Back behind them, Steinem, Bear Story, Bankmore towards the end, Yaffet Regal Power, and Emissary towards the end. He was an import who's been in Australia about three and a half years. I don't think he's Mr. Major Carnival. He's already won the Doncaster in the All Age. He added the Australian Cup to his CV yesterday. He's a warrior, if nothing else, and um, a very good one. That took his prize money to over $8 million. Get your head around that. Cascadian has won more than $8 million. Terrific day as well for Ben Mallum. Nice little synergy here. Jamie Carr obviously rode this horse to win a Group 1. Um, she's still recovering, I think, in... You know, not the best of health still. Um, so Ben Mellon's obviously a partner, so that was a, a nice little, um, well, not a little, nice big win for him yesterday and, and a rate of treble as well. Yeah. I think sometimes we, we, not necessarily you and I, maybe you, maybe you, not me, sometimes... <laughs> Is that the bus you've just thrown me under? Uh, but I, I think we're tough on horses like Cascadian. <clears throat> I put him in a, a similar category to Hartnell. You say, oh, Cascadian, he's, he's there all the time. But he's there all the time for a reason, because he is a warrior. He is, because of his longevity and because of his regularity, he turns up in every big race. We tend to mark him down because you can't win all of these races. Yeah, but you've got to call it as you see it. And I think we should reference as well that incentivised, the great incentivised, mm. retired sadly yesterday. Uh, Peter Moody announced that he, they just can't get him back. So, look, I mean, at the peak of his powers, incentivised, if he'd have turned up in an Australian Cup... If, in that Australian Cup yesterday, he dead set would have won that race by 15 lengths. Yeah. What's, like, he, what's he got to do with my Cascadian argument? Well, I'm, I'm saying he hasn't beaten much. Yeah. I'm saying the race isn't much good. Uh, I, I'm saying that uh, it wasn't a vintage Australian Cup, and I think everyone would agree with that. But what I'm saying is that this is a horse who's been going around carnival in, carnival out, already a Doncaster winner, an all-age Australian Cup. You can't win all of these races, but he's in most of them. And I think we tend to be 
we, we mark them a bit too harshly because we see them so often. Yeah, fair point. And I think, uh, if nothing else, it was a, a big moment for the Cummings family, wasn't it? Bart Cummings, 13 wins in that race. Ed Cummings won, obviously, with Jules last year. And now James joins you on a board. So I'm sure there would have been a... A bit of repartee between the brothers last night. Great day for Ben Mellamy, Road Cascadian. He was also on What You Need, who was $2.25 and favourite in the Sunlight Classic. Onto the course proper, KGB just in front of Benedetta as they reach the five, and then Renosu and she dances up the outside. What you need about to be called upon, and then a gap in the field, Arctic Ferry, Sebenak, and Ladonsu's Rouge. It's Renosu just in front of Benedetta over on the far side, and what you need is now stomping up and at the clock tower. What you need, give it his head, goes up to Renosu, Benedetta, then Rich Fortune, but it's what you need. What you need comes clear. Nice winner. What you need from no Sue Benedetta. She dances just for, they'd say, from Rich Fortune. Then Lady Di Di. Back behind them, Wild Bell and Greece, and then KGB Sebenak, Arctic Fairy Castilian. I like that word Matt Hill uses. Stomping up. That's what I'll be doing into the buffet. Stomping into the buffet. <laughs> making my mark. This horse will be hoping to make his mark during the championships. He's going to go into the Arrowfield Sprint. Yeah, looks a nice race for him, doesn't it? And yeah, good call by Matt Hill. Just uh, really did stomp up this right and... Um well, sorry, stomp up the final stages there and looks a really, really nice horse. And you know the price in Kent uh, Junior Stable is as honest as the day is long. So they're talking Arrowfield Sprint. They think he'll be in it up to his ears. I see no reason to doubt them. He's unbeaten three from three. I think uh, one of the highlights of the day at Flemington was the Roy Higgins. And let's have a listen to Goldman winning. Uh, he was the $3 favourite. 500 to go, Goldman in front travelling well, hands and heels, two lengths Youth Spirit, Midnight Blue, Swords drawn to the middle, then Young Verta Sulcum down the centre of the track, still has six to pick up and then Allegron so the front runner, Goldman, 250 metres to go, now called upon, still clear by three lengths to Swords drawn, Sulcum and Youth Spirit, Goldman at the 150, two and a half lengths, Swords drawn, Sulcum but it's Goldman going, great guns for Geordie Childs, an up and coming Steyer. Goldman won it brilliantly. Sulcum in second. Third in the race was Swords drawn from Allegron. Next to finish Youth Spirit, Young Verda, Aurora's Symphony so unusual, Midnight Blue and Il Paradiso is at the tail of the field. He's by an unfashionable sire in New Zealand, Verdi. He had four runs in New Zealand before joining Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. He'd been dominant, but keep in mind his first run for the stable was a benchmark 64 at Kembla but he won by over five. He then went to a benchmark 78 at Warwick Farm. It was a midweek. He won by nearly six. And then they go straight to this uh, list of Roy Higgins yesterday, 2,600 metres at start seven, and he wallops them. Yeah, and he's in the Melbourne Cup off the back of that. Uh, have a look at the market now. The $11 favourite. Now, that sounds ridiculous, and it probably is, but I'm hearing that there is going to be even fewer imports mm. coming this year. I've spoken to a few syndicators, few owners, few trainers, and these vetting protocols to get horses here for the Melbourne Cup, uh, a lot of them are just throwing their hands up and saying this is just too hard. So it might seem under Goldman and $11 in the Melbourne Cup, but at least you know he's going to be there. At least you know he's on an upward spiral. Whereas a lot of these, um, you know, some of these horses in the market, they may not even make it to the race. I love these fast stays I described as they can run distance, but they can run it quickly. And he's an on pace where he makes his own luck. And that's exactly what he did yesterday. It was a sterling performance by Goldman. One more replay from Flemington yesterday. We'll go to the group three thoroughbred breeders and Hell Queen was the favourite at 280. 
So they get serious at the 400 metres. It's Shadow Fear with Bossy Nick, who accelerates in the middle. Bossy Nick under the whip up to Shadow Fear, followed by Zuzuko, Coast Princess and Hell Queen with still a lot to do. Bossy Nick went for the doctor. 100 metres to go. Kick clear over a length in front. Lover Zoo is out late, but it's all Bossy Nick. Bossy Nick is going to stroll in. Won it by over two lengths to Lover Zoo Treasure Way, then a photo held Queen Shadow Fear. Next to finish, Zuzuko with also Pop and Champagne. Well back, Coast Princess towards the end, Amazonian Lass and also Antifila. She was just beaten on Adelaide Cup Day in the Cinderella Stakes at Morfordville, but she went one better winning the Group 3 Breeders, so she gets black tie at her second start for Tony and Calvin McAvoy and Dean Holland had the ride. So that was uh, Melbourne's Autumn Carnival that uh, completed yesterday with the Australian Cup. Still plenty more to come here on Past the Post. We'll take a break and come back and look at some of the highlights or listen to some of the highlights at Eagle Farm. You're listening to Radio Tab's Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Yes, welcome back to Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Don't forget the website. That's the place to go to archerparkracing.com.au or you can give Chris Wessel a call. Well, don't ring him at the moment. It's quarter to four in Dubai. He'd be fast asleep. Well, you can give him a ring anyway because I'm sure he'd be happy to talk to you. He's always <laughs> looking for new prospective owners. Let's look at Eagle Farm yesterday. We're going to go to race six, the first leg of the main quaddy. This was a class three, but it's a good story. We'll listen to the race first, though. A bunch field as they round the turn. 4.50 left to run. Fun Sponge at his fifth career start. Heads for home in front. Our Magnus diving to the rail. Bullion Boy looming large on the outside. Then Bafana followed by Hype. Where's Madame dead a mile back and struggling? Our Magnus reached the lead. Fun Sponge gone. Bullion Boy trying to get our Magnus. Bafana rations Hype and Starzan putting him down the outside. Our Magnus is clinging on. Short of 100 left to go. Rations is driving through. Our Magnus though in front and won. Rations, Bafana and Starzam fourth. That was a game victory. Bullion Boy peaked late, then came Hype, followed by Madame Odette, got going late but never likely. Then Zhuang Shi, a long way back, Dutch Gold. Fun Sponge folded up like a deck of cards, and Silver Canvas last over the line. As I said, this is a good story for a number of reasons, and it all sort of began on Christmas Eve when when uh, our Magnus won a maiden at Clifford Park in Toowoomba. But let's continue the story with one of the key players, Corey Gearham. Trains in partnership with his mum, Kylie, and, of course, Dad Gary had the ride yesterday. Corey, good morning. Congratulations. Thank you. Good morning. Take us back to this story. Just just tell us how the our Magnus story started for uh, for Team Gearham. Yeah, so our Magnus, um, we bought him, or Chris DeWire, um, who runs Get Out Stakes, a tipping service here in Toowoomba, is a good client of ours, um, found the horse on Bloodstock Auction, actually, and uh, come to me and sort of said, what do you think of this? And I said, oh, yeah, this, it looks okay. Uh, looks like he'd probably win a maiden or something like that. And, um, yeah, then we uh, we sort of worked a few clerks out with him. He was a bit of a fiery sort of horse and um, give him a trial here and he... He won the trial by four or five lengths or something like that. And, um, yeah, then he went on to win that maiden on Christmas Eve very easily. And that uh, the way he won that maiden was um, it was very tough. He'd he done it hard and he sort of uh, showed some good potential, even though it was only a Toowoomba maiden. And then uh, we took him out to Warwick and he, he won out there. He, he broke the track record out there of 1,200 mm. metres. And um, we sort of thought, oh, this horse could be a, a bit above average. So, um 
yeah, then he uh, he was a bit unlucky just to be beaten those other two. I mean, in all honesty, he could have he, he could still be unbeaten mm. this prep for us. He, he just was beaten a lip by a couple of good horses. Um, the night Fun Sponge beat him here. He he also had a Magnus had a tough run that day and. And uh, Hillbilly Flyer also beat him, so a couple of horses that go okay. But um, no, he's been a, he's been a really good buy and um, giving plenty of people plenty of fun. Yeah, a modest purchase, and I just noticed that for the first time. I'm a time nut, and I didn't see that one seven ninety one at Warwick. That's an extraordinary time there for that twelve hundred metres. Yeah, he sort of he went out hard in front, and um, he, he joint led, and I thought, oh, you know, he's. He's probably going to fold up here. He's going a bit, doing it pretty tough. And uh, he just kicked, and that's the sort of horse he is. Like the, the more pressure gets applied to him, the more he seems to respond. And 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 we sort of noticed that here at Toowoomba. Like horses, obviously, can see the way he races. He's he's a go forward style horse, and and they they tried to um, bring him unstuck last start by putting pressure on him early, but the, the more pressure you put on him, they, they only bring themselves unstuck. He just mm. thrives on it. And he's so tough, and, um, yeah, he's nothing to look at. He's, he's quite an ordinary-looking horse, to be honest, but um, he's, he's just got a, a big heart and, and uh, loves his job. I want to discuss two things. I want to discuss family first. Uh, most of our listeners know Gary's been riding for quite some time. And your mum, Kylie, has been in the business. Were you always preordained to be in this training business or not? Look, I, I guess so. I was, I've always been um, very interested in it um, since I was a kid. You know, we um, mum, we always, mum and dad always had a couple of horses that mum trained on, on a very, very small scale. And obviously, dad um, been a jockey since he was fifteen or sixteen. So. Um, not only that, it, it goes back sort of um, grandparents and, and, and generations, really. So it, it's it's always been there. Um, yeah, look, I never really had plans on training, I guess, but uh, I went to uni up at the Sunshine Coast and uh, sort of, I'd done a business and law degree up there. And, uh, yeah, I worked for John Simons and Sheila Axon for about three years up there as well. And, um, yeah, just decided uh, I didn't really want to do much else. And and uh, poured plenty of um, effort into building up the business that we got now, and uh, it's going really good. And what I like about the business, not only is it family, which is good, that's that, that's great, but uh, there's, there's good diversity here, of course. I think even Gary might have said, he said, uh, Kylie and I, we're not too good on the uh, internet stuff or the, the, the young stuff. That's what Corey handles. And, and you are very astute when it comes to, to uh, you know, getting information out. But also getting owners, particularly young owners, and getting new owners in the business is really important. You've tapped into that. Yeah, I think, um, like you say, there's it's something that I've always focused on a lot more. Um, and uh, Kobe O'Brien, working with uh, well, since I sort of started working with him, um, we've got about fifteen horses together, and, and yeah, really syndicated. Just just starting out with mates and. Um, more so ends up just people see how much fun you're having and it really just snowballs from there and and you know, look by no means we don't target the the younger generation but it just sort of it's worked out that way and um, we've we've got a very good uh, mix of clients but um, yeah the the syndicates and things like that and and what Chris is doing with Get Out Stakes and and he he's he's only on a smaller scale at the minute but. Um, just promoting it and, and getting people involved is, is really good. And, and like I said yesterday, we were all in the winners' room after uh, Magnus won, and, and 
it's just so good to see what racing does for people and and bringing people together that you know otherwise wouldn't have known each other and you you make lifelong friends and 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 people just absolutely love it and yeah i I really really enjoy seeing that like it's obviously a job and a career for me but I really like seeing what it does for owners and, and the joy that a horse winning, not just in Brisbane, but anywhere, brings to people. But it's it's fair to say, and, and you're not afraid to travel, but when you can win a race in the city, it, it is an extra thrill, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that, that, that's obviously where we want to be. We, I'm a big believer in racing horses where they need to be, and, and hence why we do travel a lot and, and, and put the hard yards in and sort of, uh, take a lot of horses to places where they have to go to win a race, and and our stable is not, you know, there's only a handful of horses that'd be metro grade, but um, to win a to win a race down there is, uh, yeah, it's certainly it's that next level, and um, you know that's that's where we want to be long term. So we're we're building up gradually with with better horses and younger horses, and 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 trying to get a, a good mix where we can take horses to the city every week. Congratulations to you and mum and dad and the owners of our Magnus and continued success. You're doing a great job. Thanks so much, David. Corey Guerin joining us this morning. Let's go to race seven at Eagle Farm yesterday. The big goodbye. He's as honest as they come and he was the favourite. 400 left to run. Grey Worm railed impressively. Led from the big goodbye. Hot Spring Gold. Sneaking inside runs. Alal called upon. Likewise Legal Esprit. Ranchair not doing enough then animate. Grey Worm and the big goodbye is now laying down the law. Halal still over the chance and likewise Legal Esprit. Four with a chance. Short of 100 left to run. Grey Worm grabbed by the big goodbye. Halal and Legal Esprit. The big goodbye. I think just been Halal who put in the dive. Legal Esprit out wide and Grey Worm over on the inside. That was a great tussle up the straight that animate Irish songs. Ranchan's Irish Playboy and Hot Spring Gold didn't come on well enough in the straight out towards the tail. What you see is what you get with the big goodbye. Races on speed gives his all and another win for him yesterday. Yeah, I found it interesting, Rob Heathcote's comments, comments post-race. Uh, one of the things he said was he said uh, to Angela Jones, the jockey, he said, let them come at you. Let them come at you. And what he meant by that was when they come at this horse, this horse just finds another level so it was a terrific win um you know for the queensland rogues too the big micro syndication company there was a lot of them on track this horse has given them a lot of joy i think halal is back um tony Gollum was looking for a 1400 meter race for halal i think was even thinking of sending him to sydney yesterday at one point just couldn't quite find the right race for him so i think um you know halal is no superstar but i think he'll find his right race soon enough it was an upset result in race four as we're about to hear the leader was binding from Fearless Nine. Three out Ambassadors, four out Compass Rose, five out Shire of Goma, and Mashani Spartan just behind them. Fearless Nine, Bird one, two with Maswader, going to Binding, who's fighting on. Compass Rose finishing gamely. Binding and Fearless Nine in a great duel to hit the line. Fado, I'd say Binding. I'd say Binding has fought back, climbing off the canvas from Fearless Nine and Compass Rose. Then Mashani Spartan, Ambassadors and Shire of Goma couldn't capitalise on their good runs, and then came Older Boy, and out towards the tail was Mashani Kingdom. I think Sam Collett's five short of her thousand winners and uh, rode an aggressive race on Binding to lead all of the way. Yeah, she's on 995 bidding to join Mum and Dad in the Thousand Wins Club and I'm pretty sure, I can't tell you the name of the race or the name of the horse, but I'm pretty sure she's riding in a Group 1 in New Zealand next weekend. Fair enough. Thanks for your time this morning, buddy. Enjoy the buffet. I will. Enjoy your day, folks, whatever you're doing. Buffet or no buffet, I'm sure you'll have a good day. Thanks for your company. Look forward to your company on Press Room tomorrow. Bye-bye.